Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. It's a size em up Monday, baby, and I got my ring on. <laughs> oh, I got it on upside down. Oh, no. Oh, embarrassing. Oh, embarrassing. Embar- there we go. Size em up Monday after a 23-20 win over the Cleveland Browns. The Ravens moved to 4-3, and three, still in first place in the AFC North, tied with the Bengals. But we got the tiebreaker, so we get to say we're in first place. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, not, not the prettiest of wins. The Ravens were outgained in total yards by the Browns. Uh, you know, the, the passing game was a little sluggish. The running game was strong. The defense was strong for most of the game, but another fourth quarter scare. Uh, but you know what? We've all been belly aching about the Ravens, you know, piling up the yards and not getting wins. I'll take mm-hmm. a win without the yards, quite frankly. Totally. Totally. I mean, it, uh, we always say, like, it's, the criticism of the Ravens the, the past few weeks when they've lost has been, you know, okay, those are kind of meaningless yards. You can control the game, but you don't win the situations, blah, blah, blah. They did it yesterday. They got the win. They may not have had the most yards. Kind of a weird game. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson only throws the ball 16 times, and special teams turned out to be a huge factor. Ravens dominated in that area, and that was a big part of the game. So, yeah, I don't think you come out of that one feeling like i mean look a win is a win no matter what i don't think that it was like a beauty contest by any means but to beat in a divisional team when you're sitting at three and three kind of at a you know gus edwards told me after the game kind of felt like a must win you know to them to a certain extent and i think that that was kind of a sentiment that a number of guys had um that this was a really important game certainly not like technically a must win but just in terms of where the ravens were at this, at this point of the season. And then add on top of that, it feels like, you know, uh-oh, uh-oh, this is happening again, following the same script. We've seen this story before. You get the fumble. They are up double digits in the fourth quarter. Is this going to be the same story? And it wasn't. It came close, but it wasn't. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So let's dive in here. Uh, let's start offensively. You know, like we were just talking about, a, a weird game offensively. Uh, and, and the Ravens, you know, afterwards, John Harbaugh said, it's kind of just the way the game played out. You know, it it wasn't by design necessarily that they were going to be very run heavy and not throw the ball much, but that's just kind of the way it went. You know, I mean, the first three offensive plays of the game are all handoffs in Gus Edwards belly and the bus, the bus just took the parking brake off (laughs) and got rolling. And so, I mean, that was awesome to see. I did not think the bus was going to be that gassed up mm-hmm. from the get-go. And you saw it even on the very first carry from Gus Edwards. I mean, stuck his leg in the ground, got upfield, got a cu- an extra yard or two, you know, with his physicality. And you're like, all right, Gus, like, are you back back? Right. <laughs> you know? And then on third down, you know, runs again on second down. And, and I said to you even at that point, 
it was like third and three or whatever, third and four. And I'm like, this is what the Ravens have been missing, mm-hmm. right? Is like, you know, the running game has been pretty good in recent weeks. And I think in large part because the offensive line is really starting to gel. I mean, some of those holes last week and even in the loss were gigantic, right? Against the Giants. And and Gus is a guy who, give him a hole and he'll get whatever whatever blocking is there. He'll get that plus two. Yep. And if there's no if there's no hole, he'll still get two. Exactly. And if there's no hole, exactly, which like is is really big for this offense that have been struggling in short short yardage situations, right? And so you know, even seeing Gus convert that third and four with like a I don't know, it was like twelve yard yeah twelve yard run right you're you're like man you know I thought we were in pretty good shape but yeah we were missing that you know yeah I think that it's clear that there, this is an element of the Ravens offense that. I thought it became honestly kind of clear like three quarters of the way through last season. And it wasn't just like, okay, they're missing Gus Edwards, a really good running back. They're missing J.K. Dobbins, a really good running back. Like, okay. But then I, I just felt like they never had, and going back to last year, they tried it with Tavis Murray, but Gus is just better at it. You know, his he never loses yards. Mm-hmm. I forget what the stat was. Like going back to his rookie season, he had like... 200 carries without losing a yard or something ridiculous exactly something crazy so like he just always goes forward and it's so it it makes such a big difference when you're at third and two compared to third and six like that just is a that is such a big difference and it kind of opens up the entire playbook at your disposal so yeah i i'll be honest where i was wrong you know, takes you know. I'll, we'll we'll do some admission here. I'll, I'll admit I was wrong on this. <laughs> I did not think 16 carries for Gus in the first game back. Right on the pregame show on Ravens pregame live, uh, Shelby asked me, uh, "What do you think we'll see from Gus?" And I predicted five to eight carries. Right. I said it's probably going to follow a similar trajectory to what we saw with J.K. Dobbins and Marcus Peters and Ronnie Stanley, kind of an ease in. And then the first three carries go to him. I'm like, all right, well, he's already halfway. He's, he's over halfway to five. I think I'm going to be off on this one. <laughs> and it was just great to see that he when he came back, he's back. And um, I think that's going to add a and, – and Lamar Jackson said the same thing that we're talking about. It, it, they missed this element of their offense. Yeah, and I think Gus is only going to get stronger from here. You know, he's going to continue to kind of build on that physically. There's still – Real quick on that. Yeah. We have a question about Gus. So I want to get to the okay, email here. Uh, this is to the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. This comes to us from Nick. He says he's traveling back to home to Carolina, California, sorry, California from the game yesterday. So went to the game and then going back to California. True AFC North game and a win that we definitely needed. Do you think going forward that Gus the Bus will see will see this king of the workload that we saw yesterday? Uh, this kind of workload. I think it's just a typo. This kind of workload that we saw yesterday. So what do I you mean, think? I mean, Gus Edwards is the king today. Yes, he, he is, is the king. king. He is the king. King Gus. <laughs> king Gus. Um, yeah, I expect that. I mean, I don't think the Ravens are going to run the ball 44 times every week, you know, like they did yesterday. Lamar Jackson's m- most of the time going to throw away more than 16 passes. Right. So I think the game script in this one was a little bit unusual, but I do think that Gus will probably be in that 15. Yeah. Right around 15 carries. I would say generally speaking is probably a good number for him. I, I, th- I always thought that once Gus was back, and and I thought, you know, the first game or two it would probably be a pretty even split between he, Kenyon, and, and Justice Hill. I thought the three of them would get about the same. That was not the case yesterday. I mean, Kenyon Drake still had 11 carries. Justice had five. But, you know, moving, I, I figured as they move forward, Gus would be the leader. And I think that we're seeing that just from the outset. 
And so I think probably, yeah, it's, it's around, you know, anywhere between 10 and 20. I know that's a big range, but around 15 carries a game, I would say is about average for right for Gus. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. And then just if, if listeners don't know this update on JK Dobbins, John Harbaugh talked about this after the game, and I thought this was kind of interesting. So J.K. Dobbins went on injury reserve on Saturday, and I think you know you start to worry. Uh oh, did he have a setback? Did he retear something? Is the recovery not going the way they expect? John Harbaugh basically explained what's what's going on there. So he can get a scope, a knee scope, which is a relatively. This is not like a reconstructive surgery like an ACL. It's a minor. Uh, it's still surgery, but it is a minor process. Um, and so. He felt like the range of motion... Arthroscopic surgery, Yeah, arthroscopic, right? arthroscopic scope. So he felt like the range of motion in his knee wasn't really where he wants it to be. And as John Arbaugh said, he's a he's an impatient guy and feels like this could speed up the process. So this actually... And the hope here is that this is going to get JK back to 100% faster than than not doing the surgery. Um, it can clear out... Instead of kind of the slow slog, you know, that he feels like if they can clean it up surgically, then he'll... The whole thing for JK is he wants to get back to being JK and he didn't feel like he was back. And I agree with that, you know? And so he feels like this will get him back there in whatever it is, four to six weeks, whatever it's going to be, as opposed to just slogging along for the rest of the season. Yeah. And, and John Harbaugh said that he, he thinks that this was the same pro- procedure that Saquon Barkley had when he was going through his process last year. And, you know, there's been some parallels drawn, you know, with with JK and Saquon and, and Gus too because Gus revealed yesterday that it wasn't just an ACL it was an LCL and a hamstring which I think Sa- was the same same as with JK, JK. And, and JK said that he also had a meniscus so add another right. one on right. top True. of that so um, anyway that's the update on JK so hopefully the surgery you know goes well he's back soon and then you can get back to having Gus and JK you know running at a high level which is what we all want yeah for sure and and you know and as John Harbaugh said, like, it's a it's a risk with JK. You know, anytime you have another procedure, like, you know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't just, it's not like you celebrate surgeries. Yeah. You know, but it gives them a chance. So we'll see. Right. So, but I do think here, we got another email also about Gus. Uh, here, this one, the subject line from Trevor Watson is, the wheels on the Gus bus go <laughs> round and round. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice, Trevor. Um, so he said... Uh, another first-time messenger, long-time listener. Uh, he says he's from Richmond, Virginia. Uh, it says, my first thought is I love the Ravens media. Sec- Thank you very much, Trevor. <laughs> Second thought is, gotta love Gus. I feel like a consistent running game in the fourth, or in general, mm. is what the offense has been missing. It's great to see Gus and Drake getting their feet under them. Third, the defense is fine, he says. I know there's been a lot of glasses half full about the D, but I think PQ is coming into his own. And the young guys in the secondary are growing up quick, not to mention needed pass rush here is here to stay in his opinion. Finally, uh, it's wild Mandrews. Uh, he was held to zero yards on zero catches on National Tight Ends Day of all days. I know. Uh, but still played a great game, keeping all eyes on him. All in all, great team win. Now it's time to break this, this win-lose streak on Thursday. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, let's talk about Mark a little bit. Good segue there from Trevor. It was weird. I mean, first time since his rookie year in 2018 that Mark has been held without a catch in a game. Yes. Um, so, you know, the thing for me was this is going to happen sometimes. Sure, right? sure. Like sometimes, obviously, everybody knows that Mark Andrews is Lamar Jackson's top receiver, right? 
and they take they go above and beyond to try to stop that. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh-huh. The Giants tried just about everything against Mark. They were doubling him, getting really physical at the line, chipping him, doing everything, and he still had a monster game. For whatever reason, it worked. You know, the Browns had more success with that. And I think that the Ravens, that see, that what I saw from the passing offense without really diving into the film yet is that Lamar just didn't look very comfortable for a lot of the a, a lot of the game yesterday. He stood in there and made some the Devin Duvernay throw early in the game. The 31-yarder was a great throw. He had some good throws, but you know, I saw too many flashes of kind of Lamar looking for options, scrambling around, running around, and and you know, that's fine. He makes plays out of that sometimes, like the third and eleven conversion to Rashad Bateman, for example. But you don't want that consistently. He just didn't look comfortable, didn't look confident in his in his options. And the Ravens, I think, need to have a better counterpunch when Mark Andrews is taken away, right? Like in these situations, because it's going to happen from time to time, they need to have a, a better counterpunch. And I don't know what that is. Is It's just more plays from the other guys. It's, it's Lamar, you know, feeling comfortable throwing to his other options. In this case, it was the running game, right? And they just kind of said, all right, we're going to lean on the Gus bus in the running game. And it kind of forced them to get, creative really creative and and greg roman had to crank crack open the vault in the (laughs) second half to kind of make up for the difference right i mean mark andrews got a handoff converted a third and one situation with four yard run on a handoff and then we all saw the fourth down conversion at midfield where mark pitches the ball to lamar so the vault was open but uh you know you don't want to have to always do that obviously yeah so yeah, it is surprising that that anytime you see a, a a goose egg on the stat line for Mark Andrews, that's shocking because, you know, I think he's one or two best tight ends in the game. Him and Kelsey are the top of the class, and so it is surprising. And so much of the offense runs through him. I do think it's worth pointing out uh, that you know there was a pretty critical holding call against him that he drew that may have been a touchdown had the holding not taken place that ultimately set up. Uh, the Ravens in position on third down. That was a third down that ultimately led to a touchdown on that series that, that Gus, pl- Gus plunged in from one yard out. So I just think that's that's worth mentioning. And then, yeah, he got the, you know, there was a trickeration on the pitch to Lamar, and then he also got a carry. So the other thing, too, like Mark did miss practice on Wednesday and Thursday. And, you know, the Ravens downplayed it. It was with a knee listed on the injury report. John Harbaugh downplayed it, you know, and talked about sometimes you got to rest guys. You got, you know, two games here in five days with the Thursday night football, get him some rest. You know, Mark Andrews is a guy who never wants to miss practice, but it's, it's the best thing to do. Maybe that affected him a little bit. Maybe, maybe he was feeling the effects of that knee, whatever the kind of tweak he has there. Maybe that was part of it too. Um, and then I, I agree with you. I think the game situation, it just kind of was a weird offensive game for the Ravens in a lot of ways. And so that certainly contributed. Like, I don't think either of us are going to say, I'm concerned moving forward about Mark Andrews. I'm I'm with you. I think that the Ravens do need to have kind of a, you know, they they need to answer. If teams take away Mark Andrews, all right, if a team says, we're not going to let 89 beat us, what, what what is your alternative? Now, you can have success on the ground. The Ravens had that yesterday. So that's one option. Um, but through the air, I think that you know Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay need to kind of make up for that. Bateman came back after missing two games from a foot injury, and it didn't really seem like the foot like lingered for him. He looked fine. I mean, he's got to clean up the drops. You know, he had that one drop on the sidelines, but I don't think the foot thing 
you know, good news there is does, it doesn't seem like that foot issue is going to be something that is that sticks with him. So, right. Duvernay had the great catch, yeah, diving catch, yep. like I mentioned, the thirty-one yarder. So, right, that that's kind of it's hard for me to really put a finger on it because it wasn't like those guys played bad games, mm-hmm. right? It's just to me, it's like I think the the trust factor, the anticipation on on some some throws, some passing plays. That chemistry between Lamar and his other receivers, I think, needs to improve, right? Because he just did not look comfortable in the pocket, just being like, "Okay, they're taking away Markwell." Ding, 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 ding. You know, like I, I got it. I'll just go to Duvernay ten times. Yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Like it, he just did not look as comfortable and understandable, right? His the connection he has with Mark Andrews is unreal. Like it's not maybe going to reach that point, but I just think that like there needs they those different options need to gel a little bit better and I, I think it's probably worth mentioning like the browns have a good defense and a good good pass rush you know miles well sure miles Ga- i mean they were missing their top they were missing their top cornerback miles garrett's a pretty good player he's he's still is he still good he, he is yes he's he's a very good player <laughs> yeah, yeah. so like <laughs> i i just don't think that that can be you know undersold either sure yeah um so you know the other the other trick i didn't mention the fullback screen mm. for Pat Ricard, mm. which was pretty awesome. Well, it was fitting. It was fitting because the 2012 team was in attendance, reunion game. So Vontae yeah. Leach is looking down from the suite watching that one. I got to believe Vontae was was hyped for that. Oh, yeah. Had to be. <laughs> he was dropping the hammer on that one. That was pretty cool. Uh, I mean, the offense really, you know, when we're talking about the fourth quarters and all that stuff and getting over the hump there, the offense kind of almost did it. Like, you know, the defense gave up the long touchdown drive right after the Ravens take a 10-point lead. Then the Browns drive all the way down the field, score a touchdown, and you're like, oh, my gosh, here we go again. Uh, but the offense then responded, drove all the way back down the scoring range. You're like, all right, oh, mm-hmm. way to pick up the slack here. And then you get the big fumble from Justice Hill, which was just a backbreaker at that time. So, I mean... Not what you like to see there, obviously. Justice has to protect the ball a whole lot better than that. Yeah, you just that just that's a can't happen situation. Yeah. It's it's kind of that simple. It's just, that's just a can't happen. Exactly. All right, so let's flip it over to the defense. Can I say can I say one more thing? This is kind of offense related. Sure. Um yeah. because I think it is important. Um is game management. You know, I think that like whenever whenever a fourth down type situation doesn't work out, that's like the that's that's the top headline. Um, and there's lots of discussion about that. The Ravens did go for it twice on fourth down yesterday and got both times. One of them was Gus Edwards from one yard out. They could have settled for a field goal there, um, and maybe the fact that Gus was back is part of the reason that they felt good about going for it yep. uh, in that situation. Or maybe I'll give you credit. You said you liked going for it in that situation. Mr. Conservative over here, Mr. Conservative Garrett. I, I like I, shocker. I, I, well, here's but the, you, he, you. You did like that one. You said said before you like going for it there. Yeah, and and I did like going for it. Um, you know, at the 50, um, you know, when they did the direct snap, you know, the Mark Andrews uh, mm-hmm. play. Gus Gus changes that calculation. Yeah. And with the way the offensive line is playing, like, yeah. Yeah. I'll take my chances. I'll bet on that. So, 
So, I, you know, I, I just I think it's worth pointing out. I, like I said, totally. whenever it doesn't work out, that's like the main thing that everyone's talking about. Why are you going for it on these fourth downs? It's crazy. Stop going for it every fourth down. And then you get it, you get it twice. You just kind of forget that it happens. It's like, oh, yeah, that was a fourth down on that pitch play to Lamar. Oh, yeah, the, the <laughs> Gus did plunge it in from one yard out. Exactly. It would be down. a much different conversation if they did if not. If they don't get it. get it, then it's like, you guys, what are you doing going for it every fourth down? Haven't you learned your lesson? Blah, blah, blah. So, And that was part of the whole frustration I felt like, you know, last week is like, a lot of these game management decisions from John Harbaugh just they just hadn't worked out, right? And and it also I think was a leftover bitterness from last season, right? Down the stretch, all the two point conversions, fourth down, all that stuff that didn't end up working out. But like that doesn't mean that the the decisions in the moment were necessarily bad just because the result wasn't there, right? That doesn't necessarily mean that. And I think this season, you know, people were just really tired of seeing that result not work out. And uh, I think it was only a matter of time when you keep making decisions that have a lot, that makes sense, you know, that it's going to work out. Yeah. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh yeah. That's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, all right, before we flip it uh, over to one, the- Wait, one okay. more, one more, one more, one more email. This one comes from Christopher. It's uh, Lamar Mood. He says, listening to Lamar after the game, he just seems off. Do you think there's anything more to that? Feels like we should be in good spirits after a win, but whether it's from his play, team execution... OC, he just seems to be down. Thanks, Chris. Um, I actually had a couple people say that to me. Uh, yeah. Um, that his press conference seemed subdued um, or off or whatever word you want to use. I'm not worried about it. I don't think it's a big deal. I think sometimes when you just play a really tough game and you come in to the press conference afterwards, like you're not necessarily always going to be like super, uh, I don't know, like you're not always going to be up there cracking jokes and in the best mood. You're just, you're tired. I, I'm not putting anything into it. I mean, I, I think that Lamar, like dude is a very, 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 very competitive guy. I think he wants to do more than he did yesterday and was probably felt like, you know, you're we talking about the passing game wasn't really in sync. Right. And like Lamar Jackson just isn't, he's just not a player. Who's like going to feel great into like himself when like he doesn't impact the game in like a major way, you know what I mean? Because he is one of the game's best and biggest stars. And so like when he, he's happy with a win a hundred percent, but like he wants to be a star, <laughs> you know, stars want to be stars and I don't blame him. I understand that sentiment. I can say just from being in the locker room afterwards, like he was definitely all smiles, joking around with guys, really happy. Like it was a little bit different than I think what people saw in the press conference room. Um, so and I, I don't, I don't, I don't care. Like, I, I don't think that, you know, his mood in this press conference means anything. I'm not reading too much into it. Yeah. I, th- I think also too, like, you know, it probably is a lot of fans probably felt that same way too. Like, yeah, look, Hey, we got the win. Yeah. But like, whew, that- you weren't like sitting there. I mean, I'm wearing my ring, but like, <laughs> I'm probably on an Island here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like they, that game was all of a sudden it was close and so they had a chance to put it away and there's the fumble and all this stuff. And you're just like, you got out of there. I feel like it was kind of a sigh of relief. Um, and that was, you know, I think Amity Meg Stadium probably let out a collective sigh 
when that field goal was blocked. And um, and well, here you go. Here, yeah. The email email from Jonathan Jonathan Stremmel says Aloha from Ravens Flock Hawaii. I'm so relieved we eked out a win against the Browns, but I had to take multiple showers afterwards because it felt like a dirty one. <laughs> um, says personally, I don't want to think about it much because other than the triumphant return of Gus Dobus, there wasn't much to celebrate. Am I wrong to want to put this win behind us and quis- quickly shift focus to how our defense will be devouring some goat on Thursday night's menu? <laughs> Mahalo, guys. Uh, John from Wainene. Oh, man. No, no, just John from Hawaii. Yeah. Thanks, John. <laughs> um, no, I mean, yeah, that's kind of what we're speaking to, right? It's like there just wasn't like you didn't come away feeling like, yes, like this team, that it's a true size them up Monday. You know, we're going all the way. But I don't I will take an ugly win every single game. Ugly it up all the way to the Super Bowl, baby. I do not care. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take an ugly win over a, you know, three and a half. A pretty loss. Three and a half quarters of pretty loss, which is what, you know, there was against Miami and Buffalo. Exactly. And exactly. You know, so I'll. And I think there was more to celebrate than just Gus. You know, like, let's talk about the defense. Let's flip it over there. You know, like, I thought the defense, for the most part, played pretty well. And after they, especially after getting kind of their punch in the mouth, first drive of the game, the Browns just. Bump, 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 march down the field, touchdown. You're like, oh boy, like Nick Chubb's, you know, rolling over people, and you're like, this could be a long day. I mean, this Brown off Browns offense, yeah, they don't have Deshaun Watson, they have Jacoby Brissett in there, but like with Nick Chubb and a reliable receiver in Amari Cooper and David Njoku, the tight end, who the Ravens, you know, had t- trouble bottling up seven catches for 71 yards on seven targets, caught every single one. Him going out to an injury, I think an ankle injury in the second half was kind of big. Um, but anyway, like they're a tough offense to stop because they they stay on schedule, right? They're like the Ravens in a way were yesterday where it's a lot of whatever, you know, you get to third and two, right? And then the whole playbook is at your disposal at that point. And so, uh, you know, they, they, I thought, played a pretty good game offensively and credit to the Ravens and Mike McDonald and, and everybody for kind of responding after that early touchdown drive they gave up yeah no, i mean no doubt like the the other guy who i think i mean deserves a lot of credit obviously i mean patrick queen um man he was flying all over the place um against a really good running game he had three tackles for loss and a sack it was 11 tackles on the game that's the type of game that you want to see from your middle linebacker in an afc north matchup against the browns who are a dominant running team yep so i was i was very encouraged by that and then the other one who, I mean, sure, nice to have. I asked Calais Campbell after the game, you know, does it feel like the pass rush is getting going? And he goes, hey, it sure helps to have 50 on the field. I mean, Justin Houston played 16 snaps. He had two sacks, almost had a third. <laughs> and he just added so much juice to that pass rush. So, like, I thought there were some some real bright spots. Now, the, the Browns did have some issues on their offensive line. They were banged up on the O-line. But getting the pass rush rolling, Houston gets two, Queen gets one, Kyle Hamilton gets his first career sack at any level. Um, so, you know, when Calais Campbell's was obvious, it was a, a sack strip. Yep, knocked the ball out of Brissett's hands on their first drive of the second half. You know, after the Ravens, which was a big play, the Ravens went three and out, ugly, ugly offensive drive to start the second half, punted away. And then Calais gets that turnover, and they end up capitalizing on that, I believe, with a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a, a huge play from him. Owe jumped on the fumble, so credit to him. 
Um, I think the pass rush is, is starting to kind of round into form. And, and the other good part is, you know, so this was this was a season-high five sacks today or yesterday. They had four sacks the week before against the Giants. And you have these pass rushers that are coming back. I mean, Tyus Bowser coming back is going to make a big difference too. Big difference. It's going to help take some of the load off of Owe and these other guys. Tyus is just a really good player. He might He's one of their best pass rushers, no doubt. And then, you know, the rookie David Ajabo coming back, you know, I mean, the pass rush is getting going and there's more on the way. So that's, I think, a really good sign for this defense. And it's different guys. Last week, it was Travis Jones got a sack. You know, it was the defensive tackles kind of feasting on the inside. This week, you got a little bit more from the edge. So if they put it all together... That's gonna be that's gonna be really good for this dude. Yeah, totally, totally. I think I think, and I thought it was interesting. You know, after the game, John Harbaugh and, and a number of players pointed at Mike McDonald, um, Patrick Queen did, Calais Campbell did, um, to give him a lot of praise uh, for the game that he called. Um, and so, I thought, like well timed blitz. Yeah, like the, it was like a consistent theme that multiple players referenced it. Yep. And John Harbaugh gave him credit for the game that he called. So. You know, I think that they were really pleased with with Mike's ability to kind of make the right calls in the right situation, call pressure at the right time, and you know it was successful. Um, you know, and and of course, like you, you got to you don't want to ignore the fact that like the Browns are playing without their starting quarterback. You know that Jacoby Brissett is is not the best quarterback the Ravens are going to face this year. So of course, keep that in mind. Um, and I think that's part of the reason, you know, to go back to John from Hawaii's email, why you feel a little dirty, you know, I guess, that like right. that the, this Browns offense is without Deshaun Watson and is hurt, you know, along the offensive line and Joku leaves the game in the middle of it and you just kind of barely eke out a victory. Sure, that's all, that's all fine, that's fair, but again to kind of keep with the theme of what we're talking about, it doesn't ultimately matter. It's still a win. What did you think of the, um, did you think it was, and obviously this is a very biased question. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, let's read a couple of, or uh, let's say hello to our friends at DraftKings. And then I got a couple questions for you related to this defense. All right. So we, we always want our listeners to know that the sports landscape is always changing. This week is no different. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, and it still has daily fantasy contests running for those who are looking to have skin in the game. Every player has a salary associated with drafting them. You assemble a lineup of players. You try to stay under the salary cap, and then you sit back and you watch your points pile up. Now you know how to play. Download the DraftKings app today. Sign up using the code FLOCK. New users get a free entry with their first deposit. The code is FLOCK, and that's at DraftKings. Well, here's another cool thing. This is cool, Garrett. So uh, you can actually get a piece of history from very special Ravens games that you watch live. All right, so... Go to Ravens Auctions in the Ravens app to get that special collectible item for the Ravens fan in your family. If it's a game-used ball from the game you're watching or a game-used jersey from your favorite player, helmets, gloves, pants, or even a game-used towel, Ravens Auctions, Ravens Auctions has it all. Check out the Ravens Auctions in the Ravens app today. Ravens Auctions powered by Metabilia. Dot io so that's cool what's the what's the auction item yesterday a bus uh like a wheel from a bus <laughs> yeah you it's can an get an actual bus. wheel no so it's, yeah, a, it's an actual school bus it doesn't work it has it has no wheels but it's yours <laughs> <laughs> no um it's uh it's it's the leftover nachos that you ate in the press box no you're the nachos guy you don't need them anymore it's all you no i'm out on the nachos I, I still like them it's my favorite part of the game 
first quarter, you see me just <laughs> rushing to the nacho line. I missed I missed uh, my hot dog. I did not eat a pregame hot dog <laughs> yesterday, which uh, might have to become the new norm now, ah. obviously. Got a dubs. Dub. Shout out to our, our emailer from last week. Dub. We're going to play the game today <laughs> after a win. This is a lot of dubs on the schedule. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, just a last, last, last a point to break down the food in the press box. Pumpkin cheesecake. They had a pumpkin cheesecake that was excellent. It was very good. Excellent. Just had to say that. Yes. I mean, we we have to shout out pumpkin stuff. Yeah. True. Um, all right. Here's the email from Kai Degner. Uh, he says, "Hey guys, so awesome to watch a game where all phases contributed and overcame challenges. We really seen balance with moments where offense, defense, and special teams each had key contributions." which required in-game adjustments by players and coaches. It also seemed a good fusion of old-school and new-school Ravens, getting pressure in sacks, Gus pounding the rock, special teams coming through, Roman unlocking the vault with the creativity with Andrews, and keeping it stressful at the end. It ain't pretty, but it's us. Mm-hmm. Big win. Thank you, Kai. That that kind of you know rolls into the special teams that I want to talk about. Yes. And that was, that was a key component where the Ravens you know have almost every single year had the the best special teams unit in the league. And you saw why that matters yesterday, right? I mean, obviously, the block field goal at the end. Uh, Malik Harrison getting up, blocking that one with the face. In the face! Malik Harrison just, it was, that was awesome. Well, you know what that, was, was, you know what that was. What? That was, oh, podcast that was podcast bump. bump. Obviously podcast bump. Obvious podcast That's the That's one of the first things I thought of. I was mm-hmm. like, yes, we're back on it. The podcast bump is alive. Yes, clearly. Um, but, you know, more than that, just that, I mean, early in the game, Jordan Stout flipped field position uh, with a bomb, a yep. 60-some-yard bomb that then the Ravens covered really well, and that totally kind of flipped early momentum that the Browns had. You know, the Ravens, Browns scored a touchdown, Ravens came back, I think got a field goal, then they had another three and out, and, and that punt really kind of changed things. Um and then Devin Duvernay with a long return following that one, right? Setting up another score for the Ravens. Those are big plays in this game. And so hats off to Chris Horton. Hats off to the special teamers involved. Just that, in large part, won the game. Totally. And I, I just want to say this, too, because I got a lot of Browns fans in my life. So Nice. You're going to clown on them? You're just going to dance no. on them right now? No, no, no. Just gritty, no, just no, gritty no, on no. them? No. <laughs> what, what I'm going to say is I, I see... Browns fans are unhappy about two main calls in this game. There was yep. the false start, and there was the offensive pass interference on Amari Cooper that wiped away a touchdown against Marcus Peters. Just real quick, I mean, the, the pass interference was pretty obvious to me. He pushed off. I mean, it was like— Definitely pushed off. That was pretty obvious. So it doesn't mean it's going to get called every time, but it's the right call. Yeah. Sometimes they miss that, but that is absolutely the right call. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a good point that you make. I mean, I, I do think a lot of times it doesn't get called just because— Offensive pass interference doesn't get called enough, probably. Right. And so it, the Ravens are fortunate that they made the right call in that situation. And then on right. the false start, you know, like you see the overhead view, and then everyone's like, "They no, nobody moved, nobody moved." But if you actually look, there's the angle behind the play where, and John Harbaugh talked about this after the game. The center moves his head, which he is allowed to move his head to look, you know, back towards the the holder. But he also picks up the ball at the same time. He shifts the ball. And when he shifts the ball, that's what causes everybody to move on the on one side. And then actually on the other side of the line, 
is where a guy on the Brown side moves as well. So there's right. movement well, happening all over the place. But basically, right. the Ravens are allowed to go in the neutral zone before the snap also. Mm-hmm. So like uh, the Ravens kind of moved into the neutral zone, which then the uh, Browns guy then on the end of the line. But two, far away actually, from that movement. Yeah, Far away from on the other side of that movement, they both moved. So there's multiple things happening there, all of which were a penalty. Yes, against <laughs> on the, the Browns. Browns. Against the Browns. It, exactly, against the Browns. So it's basically, and what the long snapper did, it's basically a balk. Just mm-hmm. to explain every, to baseball fans out there, it's very subtle, but it's a balk. And so, like, when he whips his head down like that and then basically does a fake, like, little mini snap, right, that's a balk. And so uh, that's what got the Ravens to jump off sides, and that's what long snappers do, right? They, they when they're trying to draw you off sides, they try to do all these little tricks, subtle little tricks to make you jump. And the refs, to their credit, caught it. And so you got caught, <laughs> you yep. know? So... There's no complaint about getting caught doing stuff that's against the rules. You yeah. can't complain about that. Yeah. And and the I mean it was a big call and I think pro- probably why they're all feisty about it. Which by the way, you know, I'm just glad to be on the other side for once because I've been bellyaching about the refs all season. <laughs> I've done I've been in that headspace a lot this year. So to see the universe kind of balance itself out and the Ravens be the beneficiary of some 50 fifties or whatever of the calls or not, at least not have them go against them. Yeah. Like I'll, it feels good. And, and to all those who are whining, you know what? We've taken a lot of bad calls, so it's our turn. Yeah. You know, (laughs) so, but they weren't bad calls. um, I mean, that's the thing. Like they weren't, they weren't like, they were the correct call. They were the correct calls. And so, um, what was I about to say? You just went on a ref train and you were lost. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say that, I mean, that's a big call. And part of, I think, why they're belly aching is because the refs talked about it for half an hour, right? Like, like they were calling that on the false start on the field goal. So the other interesting thing about that in, in reading the Browns comments afterwards was, so when they got moved back five yards, they then elected to kick the field goal from one yard shorter. It should have been a 61-yard attempt if you're if, by a normal operation. But the Browns shorted it. They moved up to the 60-yard line just to give themselves a little, get them a little mm-hmm. bit closer for Cade York, which ended up backfiring on them. It's just, just classic Browns, just classic, just amazing. I mean, I so, don't know that they would have. I mean, that's a long field goal, and like we're spoiled because we get to see Justin Tucker do it all the time. That you're like, yeah, 61, sure. yeah, sure, yeah, well, give me right. Well, I think Cade York hit a really long one. He did. He did. Uh, to, to win a game earlier this year, let me find the distance on that bad boy. Go ahead, you keep you keep yapping. I'll yeah, I mean, I, I like even if first of all, the Ravens all said after the game that they know he hit a fifty-eight yarder, fifty-eight yarder in week one to win the game. Yeah, so you're you're back. They're trying to get to bit. that distance, <laughs> and the Ravens said multiple times in previous kicks that like the ball was low. Malik Harrison said like early in the game he felt one like whiz by his ear. He was like, all right, so I know I'm going to get one at some point. Clay's Campbell said the same thing. So like. The Ravens, so what I'm saying is moving it up a, a yard made that trajectory even lower. Even lower. Right? And yeah. and then it's a longer kick. So like then it's gonna be low, even you know, even lower. Guy who's kicking it low, you know, the holders moved up a yard and it's a long kick. It's a it's a bad recipe. And then the last thing I'll just say on that is like even if it, let's just say he makes it, there's a lot of time left that would have tied the game. And the Ravens would have had an opportunity there to basically get to midfield and then Justin Tucker to bomb sixty eight yard field goal. So um that didn't decide so you, so, the game. It was so a the correct call. So, so the Ravens, 
Right, right, right. You're saying the Ravens win either way. That's my take. Yes. Yeah, I mean they would have had two minutes. They would have had two minutes. Yeah. And I don't know how many timeouts, but I, they were in all right shape. Yeah. Um, I you know I wish I noticed that that dude was hitting line drives and warmups and earlier in the game too. Like I noticed it in warmups and I was watching it on his attempts in the game. I was like, this dude is a line drive kicker. You should. But you would. You'd done the preemptive tweet. I really wish I would have done the preemptive tweet, or at least at least verbalize it to you. I'm shocked. I never keep my mouth shut when I have an opinion. <laughs> and I'm really kicking myself because, but I, I will say this. I won't give my, pat myself too much on the back. I did not then equate that to, you know what? Like the Ravens are going to get a block. You know, I did. I did not think that was coming, but I was like, this dude is, is a line drive kicker. It was just kind of weird. Yeah. So anyway, no credit special teams. No credit. Yeah, no you got to say, so, you can't just think it. I agree. I agree. No credit, but I want partial credit because I just mentioned it on this. this <laughs> <is a lot. laughs> um, so, so look, uh, special so, teams. So look, bravo. Yeah. So it's great to get the win, but short week, Tampa Bay on Thursday night, Ravens got to travel. It's going to be a tough environment. I know the Bucks are struggling right now, but it's still Tom Brady. They're still a team that has a ton of talent. They just won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. So by no means am I chalking this one up as an easy dubs um, on a short week by any means in a road environment against the best football player of all time. Well, it's like a must-win must game for them. They're yep. gonna, Their season's on, for- on the brink, kind of. Right. For them, too, you also love to play like you just have that bad taste. You want to play as soon as possible. So the Bucks, this is probably like the only team in NFL history who's like, yeah, I'll take that Thursday night game <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. You know, everybody else is like, no, thanks. Yeah. So um, we'll see if we're able to get a guest this week. It is a short week, so it's going to be a little challenging with the with the media uh, kind of alignment this week. So if we can, we'll make it happen. Um, we got to get a podcast bump. We got to we got to try. Now that the podcast bump is back alive and well, alive and well. Yeah, I, th- I think we're just going to bring the whole team on. We're just going to bring the collective team <laughs> on the podcast, and we're going to get that podcast bump and and ride this thing out. So, uh, thank you so much for listening. You can email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Thanks for all the emails we got today. Again, with those emails, everyone who sends in an email is going to go into a raffle, and then we've got the helmet that every guest who does the podcast is signing. And then we'll raffle that off at the end of the season. So make sure you keep those emails coming. Uh, We really enjoy getting those. So thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon.